0: I'm Paul. You must be Tommy. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you for tuning in to another day of brotherly banter. I'm Alex. And I'm Josh. And uh, we want to welcome you to our uh, episode today. We man, lot big weekend, all right, what a, a big day. weekend for all of us, uh for I mean a lot of different reasons, one is uh, I went to Ackerman this weekend. And, let's go, uh, burned it down, let me tell you, so Your class um, reunion, class reunion, and uh we had a great time, Saturday morning, got up, went, and had a fat breakfast at Cody Earl's mm, mm. Dude, I'll, I'll, you I'll be honest with you. Um, he's got a three meat. No, sorry, three egg breakfast. It's three eggs, two meats, biscuit or toast, hash browns or grits. So it's like the early bird platter at Primos, but way better. And uh, dude. so it's good. All right, here's the deal. All right, for real, y'all. If you're anywhere close, if you're even within an hour of Ackerman, it's worth like a Saturday. Just go into Ackerman, running into Cody Earls, getting so, you some breakfast. It's good. So it's legit, okay. Pancakes barely fit on the plate, dog. And that's because, it ain't because the plates are small, if you know what I mean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, no, in, in all seriousness, um, it's great and real proud of Dakota. He's made a cool business over there. If I lived in Ackerman, I'd go there every morning. I'd show up at five thirty, drink coffee. With the old people. With old people. And uh yeah. chief and cigs. Just I mean, ripping it on Oh me. yeah. So uh but no, great environment inside. That's not cigarette ash. Real- <laughs> That's pepper. <laughs> Real- so in uh in Saturday mornings are kind of the busy a lot more families there and everything, as you can imagine. So it was really good. And, uh, of course, I was at mom and dad's, so for those of y'all that don't know how thin our dad's blood is, when it's below 75 outside, he's got heaters going in the house. So, I mean, I just sweated at mom and dad's all weekend. Mm. That was (laughs) was basically it. And then uh, Saturday night, we had my 2013 10-year class reunion. I couldn't remember
1: what year that you graduated. Well, I mean, it's 10 years,
0: and it's 2023, so... (laughs) Hey, meth is hard. Okay, yeah. meth is hard. You just got to do the math. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, we we had a great time. We were at the Little Dewey, Little Doing It, on Saturday night in Stark, Vegas. And we Little Did It. All right. Uh, we had like one, uh, the Mississippi State A&M game on one TV, the Ole Miss Georgia game on another TV. And then, like, after, like, the first 45 minutes of our reunion got going, none of us were watching the games anymore because of how bad yeah. they both were. <laughs> so, uh, pretty bad. Anyway, I'm going to cash out this Coke Zero. It's a Coke Zero. All right. I love um, them. But. Uh, <laughs> I love a Coke Zero. Um,
1: I was never a a go-to drink person until, well, it started off just Coke Zero. Right. And then Coke Zero Sugar. But I mean I have to go to Sam's Club and get a thirty pack. Yeah. Every
0: every time we go to Sam's Club. Oh shit. Sure. They're, they're so good. Uh but yeah, man, we, we really did. Had a great time and it was good to see all my friends from high school. Um but yeah. So big weekend, what'd you guys do? this weekend. You had a, you had a little date night on Friday night. A little date night. We went to uh
1: Amerigo's, got some Italian, mmm, Italian. It's good. I feel like I mean, if I'm going to go eat if I'm going to go eat Italian, that's where I'm going to go. They've got this seafood tortellini that's not on the menu, but it yeah, will show you the, the face stuff. of God.
0: That's the best it, stuff.
1: I'm telling you it's good. <clears throat> but other than that, we just hung around here. I was about ready to. I don't know. Julianne was on another level this weekend. I don't know why, but she was wide open.
0: Wide
1: open space. Um.
0: Why oh, I did that? I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, she was wide open. Luke was cool. And, Chill. Yeah, oh, we, we But that but that went to church Sunday morning. Um. That was it. We didn't really do nothing. Tried to watch some football Saturday we didn't, we didn't make it to
0: Ackerman Baptist. I went over when I,
1: say that I went over to my buddy Bradley went over to Cool Breeze Cool Breeze's house watched uh well watched the game he smoked a brisket did a good job but definitely was hoping for a little bit better outcome um because I mean by halftime well I was checked out yeah I really was he even said oh he's, he's big mad you know I wasn't mad I was just disappointed yeah you definitely know? just but i don't know i i don't know why I, I mean i guess i knew that i mean georgia's for real you know we can't we we're not we're not ready for that we're not a playoff we're not a playoff team yeah. but uh, well, i
0: appreciate it too i mean i'll say that we're going to get into some of the stuff lane kiffin said press conference you know all that stuff but that was one thing he said is like i mean we didn't put a playoff team on the field tonight. We don't even deserve to be in that conversation. I mean, he straight up said that. So, at least there's some – at least they're not out of touch with reality in that in that regard. But, yeah. So,
1: I don't know, man. I, I thought that uh, – I thought we would score more points.
0: Yeah, for sure. But going in – getting that 14-14 point, I mean, I was like – Well, we did know, the
1: same thing against Alabama. Right. You when know, we came out, looked like we could probably score at any point in time every time we had the ball, and then all of a sudden we couldn't. Right. And I don't know why. I'm, I mean, I think Kiffin likes to look back at, oh, well, they were just getting 10 yards every time they touched the ball. And that was true. But we couldn't do anything on offense either. <laughs> After they shut us down, like we couldn't. I don't really understand trying to run the ball three times right up the middle and then punt. I'm yeah. not a coach. That's what anybody's going to say. I just felt like we could. We were doing well in the passing game. Considering I, I don't, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I'm just wondering what Lane Kiffin was thinking during the game. What, like as he's watching us get beat like that, was it just, well, we're not on that level yet. We got to do better job at recruiting to get here. Um, I know he referenced, I don't know, he referenced something about the defense and I don't know, is Pete going to still be in Oxford? I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know. Like the thing. Cause we, we could not stop Georgia. They, they could have put no. up 70 if they wanted to. We wasn't even close. And I kind of knew that going into it, like we just going to have to keep scoring. We're going to have to keep scoring. Like we couldn't tackle. Like, we had a dude hit a guy in the backfield, and he's still getting eight yards.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, here's the clip real fast of them asking, you know, Lane Kiffin, hey, what is it going to take for a program like Ole Miss to ever, you know, outpace somebody like Georgia? And he was just yep. referring to recruiting here. I mean, that's a good question. Um, I mean, we got to recruit at a higher level, um, and I'm not blaming We've gotta coach better. Um, but you know at some point those whatever those stats are, we've signed one five star, they've signed twenty four or something. those kind of do show up at some point. So um, we would we'd have to recruit it at, at a better level do a better- So, as you can tell, mm-hmm. he's very he's not out of touch with the reality that, hey, we've got to get we've got to get better players in here, but also, he mentioned multiple times they're being coached really well too, you know. So That's
1: what a, a five star or nothing but five star football team looks like that's coached well. Right, because the week before got
0: that we played a nothing but five star team that ain't coached well. No mo Jimbo. Yeah. He's
1: we said last week we brought up three coaches last week. We said we brought up Jimbo, Sam Pittman, Zachy Pooh. And we said two of
0: the three won't have a job. (laughs) So I don't even
1: know. I'm kind of still up in the arms about Sam Pittman after the performance
0: they just had against. uh, That was so bad. Oh, man. Against Auburn. And it made. I'll tell you what, though. I was shocked. I was shocked. And they're not. They didn't play a very good game. But I was. In my head, I was like, man, that just made the Iron Bowl look like it might be a little more interesting. But. Alabama, bro. They are such a different team now than yeah. they were in the beginning of the year, right? Yeah, and they're they're doing a really good Alabama esque job at getting way better every week. And we, Ole Miss, has been getting better every week, and we've talked about that some. But I mean, whoo they they looked unstoppable. Of course, they're playing Kentucky, but I mean, Kentucky ain't Alabama's not better than Georgia though. No, 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 no. Brock Bowers
1: made a comeback like I had a feeling he would. Absolutely. Not that he just made some big impact because we were going to – I mean, we were getting beat up on without him anyway, but I knew he was going to be back. I knew he was going to be back for that game at some point. Sure enough, he shows up. Um, But the Alabama's not Georgia, man. I I don't don't know why in the world. It's a joke that Georgia's not number one in the country. Even though they're still number two, like – they're, they're just, they're not even close. And I know I'm saying that because I watch my
0: team just get destroyed by them. But but you can't beat a top ten team that bad and that not put you resume-wise back at number one. That's why I don't right. understand some of this stuff in the ratings.
1: It's um, all money, money, money,
0: money, money, money. Um, uh, but yeah, Jimbo is no more. He's gone. Uh, What would you do with, million to not have to work anymore to get it. Nothing. (laughs) I would go,
1: I'd go build me a little house with some, well, probably not little, but (laughs) I would build me a house on a piece of land and I would ride off in the sunset with my brand new tractor. I would just wake up every morning like, probably gonna bush hog this, probably gonna bush hog (laughs) this grass again.
0: I will drive to Cody Earls first and get breakfast and then I'm going to get me a all cup of coffee.
1: <laughs> may or may not take a shower. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to Bush all this grass.
0: Stare at my hand
1: all day. I don't care if we ain't had no rain.
0: 76. <laughs> that's so true. Man, it's that's going to look like a powder out front. Dude, it was so first off irresponsible for them to give him a contract extension. Especially uh, that much money
1: but uh so my my Texas A&M insider told me that um during the game they had a I don't know if it was an alumni person or something show up on the field and gave a check to the school for 160 million dollars coincidence Jimbo gets fired I'm sure they already had this in the works prior to the game but it's like it was kind of announcing it to the rest of the Texas A&M mm-hmm. fan base, we're okay if we fork out, mm-hmm. if we get rid of this guy and we still got money to hire somebody else. Yeah. But still, like, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it doesn't make – I mean, it's it's unbelievable what kind of money they have there, but then just the kind of money to do something like that. Right. What would um, you do with $76 million? Dude.
0: I, that, that's the sad thing is, like, I don't even know. Like Doll I, what, hairs. Like, I don't. I don't even know what I would, what I would do. I wish I knew that 160 million alleged donor, back in my fundraising days. If I had to just have one of those 160, you got, I'll be, I'll be fine.
1: You'll be set.
0: So I don't know, man. I. It's, it's a write off. But you know, a place like Texas A and M kind of Texas A and M is kind of scary that they get that much money. I don't know that I'd want to go coach there. I mean, because granted. Yeah, sure. You know, maybe that's what I do need to do. I need to go be an SEC head football coach, get myself a nice little fat contract, absolutely blow it in two years, and just live on the buyout.
1: That's so um, what Ed Orgeron did. Tell me which door you want me to yeah, walk out tell of. Tell which door you
0: want me to walk out of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So, no, so, I mean, that's, but, but that's, it's, I it, feel like it creates a problem with yeah. maybe the problem that Auburn just went through when they fired Gus because he had a big buyout and then they had to bring in some guy. But you have to ask yourself, all right, so what are we looking for in a coach that's going to, I don't know, that's going to take us to the next level. Well, the first thing that you got to look at would be, is he in it for the money or is he in it to do something special at our school? Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like Jimbo went to Texas A&M for For $95 million. for For the money, no doubt. He didn't care. He may act. He may clown act. Clown act. <laughs> you know, he he may have acted like he did, and you know he's got. I'm, him not, I'm some,
0: here to make uh, premier football program. Okay, I'm not here to make money. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you that's the first thing that you've got to figure out is are they here for the right thing? Are, you know, are they here for the money? Because when you offer somebody ninety five million dollars, like you can't turn. There's not a coach out there that's going to turn that down. No. But they're also, I feel like. You, They're held you're, to it. You're an questionable, yeah. You're, way, yeah. But... It's questionable about whether or not he's in it mm-hmm. to win games or not. I mean, yeah. You're going to find out, and then what's going to happen is you're going to owe somebody seventy five million dollars just to leave. Yeah. So who? I mean, so all right. So he's gone. What's what's the replacement look like? I told you I had a bad dream. I that Lane Kiffin was going to go to Texas A and M. They already in the past had hired Ross Bjork. Ross Bjort went after our defensive coordinator. Um and why wouldn't he why wouldn't he, he call him Like
0: he was that was addressed to him and his response was, I'm not going there again with the way the season ended. Now, all right, let's just He loves
1: Oxford, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's just be real though. I think what he's referring to in that statement uh could be taken a couple different ways. One is I don't want to entertain all that conversation and it ruined the rest of our season. That's what happened last year. Could he get to post season and make a decision to delete? Yeah, sure. Any coach could money talks, but I think that's, I think that's what he was primarily avoiding. Yeah. Getting in that hole. He said he on. hadn't had
1: time to think about that question.
0: Yeah. I don't really know
1: how I feel about that answer, but, um, but I mean, I, I definitely think that York's going to make Kiffin tell him. No, I know, I know he's going to get a phone call. I'm not saying that, that Kiffin's going to take it, because I mean, it. you got to ask yourself the the question, and that's a part of what I was going at when we were when I was discussing Kiffin, what was he thinking while he was getting beat like that was has he hit his ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I think that number one, Kiffin's he's a heck of a coach. I, but I, I think I'm not going to say that he's hit the ceiling, but I think that if we had a, if we had a, sixtieth ranked defense, yeah, that we'd be playing for SEC championship games. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that he's hit a ceiling. I think that he's hit a ceiling with what, what he's, he's brought in and what he has. Yeah, is it easier to? Um, uh, but you're going to have to recruit and bring in. You know, you're going to have to do staffing at either job. But is it easier to do it at a school like Texas A&M or Alabama, than it is at Ole Miss? 100 mm-hmm. percent guys that are going to come in and win 10 season games at Mississippi State and Ole Miss they got to be dogs yeah all right like they gotta um you know you're seeing it with Zach Arnett like he doesn't he, he had no head coaching experience but there's other stuff that goes on other than just coaching guys on the field when you're an SEC foot you know head football coach mm-hmm. you're flying on you know I heard it I mean these guys are doing all this other extracurricular stuff meeting with the fan base and booster clubs and flying on airplanes to washington d c to talk about n i l and all this kind of stuff and so there's a whole lot more that goes into it on top of staffing and coaching the team that's on the field. I don't think kiffin has i don't think he's reached his ceiling primarily because of what he's done with what he's what he's done with what he has on the field. I think yeah. that he had definitely referenced Pete Golding in our defense. I'm not saying that it's terrible, but it ain't good. Mm-hmm. If you look up SEC, you know, defensive rankings, we're way down there, and yeah. we're below a lot of schools. Now you got to take into consideration strength of schedule that some of these teams that are above us are playing, mm-hmm. but ain't no ain't no SEC championship got an 85th ranked defense. Yeah, just and they don't. It's and. We can score with the best of them. That's the only way that we're at where we are. But that's no, that's no revelation. There, we are, already knew that. But
0: yeah, well, I think that you know. All right, first off, how do you be successful as a head coach in the SEC? All right, and here's the thing. I think somebody like Jimbo, for example, I think he's got all the things Clownex. you say. <laughs> I think I think he's got all the things you would say you need. He's got a lot of experience. He's got experience winning. He's an offensive guy. You know, all those different things. But here's the thing.
1: I think you said it right there. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But I think offensive-minded head football coaches, that's what everybody wants right now. Yeah. They want a good defense. I want a good defense. But people come to watch us score points.
0: Mm -hmm. Like Lincoln Riley is never going to be who he thinks he can be at USC because I don't think he – or anywhere for that matter because he doesn't care about a defense. Like I think – I've heard people. I've I've seen sports writers and people talking about that a lot, especially this year. It's like he's never gonna, you know. And right now he's got a Heisman winning quarterback, and it's like when that dude's gone, like goodbye to all relevance. But but the point I was getting ready to make is that like I think you got you got two different types of coaches. You got somebody like Jimbo, and I would even say I'll say for the example of age and experience, you got somebody like Nick Saban. All right, and let's compare the two. All right. Nick Saban has changed a lot about the way he's done things even in the last years because he's noticed things that have to change. One of the biggest changes he started to make was about the time that he hired Lane Kiffin to run his offense because he knew that systems are going to have to start changing offensively because this, the, the the system is changing. All right. Yeah. And so he starts changing the way he does things from a schematic standpoint. But if you look at the way he's developed players and coaches, I mean, it's unreal. Especially quarterbacks. Right. It's unreal. So, Well, then you you switch over to a guy like Jimbo, and a lot of people I think I've heard is just like, hey, he's still, you know, one of my buddies was just having lunch with us talking about is like, I think he still does things a little too old school. And so if you're an old school head coach, I think you need guys around you that understand the way things are being done more. If Let's just say you're a guy like, I'm saying a guy like me, but let's just say a guy like Zach Barnett, a little bit younger guy with not a lot of head coaching experience, then I think you've, like I think you gotta figure out a way to be a little bit you gotta have people around you that have experience uh helping you and Well I think that's one thing about that's why Nick Nick Saban has done so well is
1: because number one, staffing, he understands where he I mean he's just he's just running the operation, he's adapting with the game. He's not just dead right. set in his ways, so that's what makes him so good. But for somebody like Kiffin that's um, just the brand that he's created, man. He was a he's a perfect coach for what the game is turning into, though. In my
0: opinion, well, he's a perfect. You're talking about Kiffin. He's a perfect character for Oxford. Well,
1: number one is yeah. you have the you have the character part of it. He has accepted and embraced the the portal nil yeah. kind of preached to the fans. This is what you're going to have to do to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Oxford, and. Um, just his offensive mind, play calling, scoring a bunch of points. I just think that he's the perfect coach for what the game has turned into, in my opinion. Um, but I'm not saying that Nick Saban's not, certainly, but he, Nick Saban has just surrounded himself with Lane Kiffin um, and these younger-minded coaches that want to score a lot of points, and the players, uh, the players love that, mm-hmm. get recruits that way. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know about Jimbo and being old school. I, I think he tried to hire another offensive. I mean, He he did hire another offensive coordinator to come help run the offense. But it, I mean, Bobby Petrino ain't no spring chicken, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I'm not saying that has to get somebody young in there to do it. And that's not what I'm saying. But I just, just got the that... thing about
0: now and like Texas a and I feel like they've been a great example of a team with a lot of really great athletes and five star players, but not a great team. You got to find a way to like connect your team and make you and that's you know again I think there's several teams this year I would include obviously Ole Miss in that that have done better at that and they've they're more cohesive unit um A&M's just not been that way especially the last few years so like they they don't have been playing and looking like that but um so who do they go after I mean Urban Meyer yeah that's what (laughs) Lane Kiffin yeah, I'm hearing. I've heard Urban Meyer today too. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that he would do that. But I think that Lance Leipold
1: is it Leipold? Leipold from Kansas.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a risk for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that he's not going to get a phone call. I've
0: heard that he's got people like that's a a guy that Mississippi State should have their eyes on. Uh, yeah, because he could kind of do the same deal. Try to win eight games a year and never lose his job. but Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of coaches, uh, not with their team anymore. Zachy Poo, Arnett, Man. fired from Mississippi State today.
0: Yeah. Greg Knox to, is hate the to interim. See it. Hate to see it.
1: Greg Knox, well, he's supposed to be the interim coach.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Maybe that's going to give them – you know, fired up for the last couple of games of the season with the Egg Bowl. I mean, I think they did the right thing with the Egg Bowl coming around the you know around the corner. Like they're focused on making the best of what they have. I think Will Rogers and Marks they're going to both be playing Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know Greg Knox kind of gives off this, uh, and he's he's coached in the SEC before he was with Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. I'm not yeah. sure if you knew that. He was with Dan Mullen, went with Dan went with Dan Mullen to Florida, came back to Mississippi State. And it's kind of been like a offensive analyst. Um but he may get the players fired up, ready to go. Man, it takes some stuff like that to get a team rolling again, especially with hey, what do you what do we got to lose mentality? Mm-hmm. Um I mean, you saw that with Cadillac Williams and Auburn last year. You know how Players wanted to play for that guy. They ended up – I mean, they gave Mississippi State a run for their money last year when all that happened. Ended up losing by a field goal or something like that. But, yeah, I just think that – I think that'll be good for them. I think their team will be – I'll be curious to see how that turns out with uh, Southern Miss coming down.
0: The Golden Eagles, hey, look, and they're coming off a really big win for their program, an overtime win versus UL, Louisiana. And, if Will
1: Hall is going to beat Mississippi State or an SEC program, this is this is the time. Mm-hmm. This is the time because yep. you know I just coming in. At, I mean, like again, you what do you got to lose? You got a team that's kind of you know they lost their uh, they lost their head coach and I'd be curious to see how he has. I mean, I know they're going to be ready to play. Can they drum up something and mess around and beat? I do think that. Um, I got a text from my wife a little bit ago that she got four tickets in a parking pass to that game. <sighs> so,
0: <laughs> what do I do? Opening
1: weekend of deer season, I'm probably gonna be in Starville at a Mississippi State Southern Miss football game. Mm. You love to see it. Eagles and the dogs. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to that. But I mean, I'm looking forward to hanging out. Eagles um, my buddy and the dogs. And my wife. But, um, yeah, so I'll be curious to see how that's going to play out. Zach's yeah. going to get him a job as a D.C. somewhere. I think he's coached enough. Or maybe not a D.C., but some analyst something. Initially. No, I mean,
0: I think he just just stick to – I think he was a great defensive play caller. I think that's what he needs to do. Um, and I just don't know that he was suited. You know, he just coached differently as a head coach. And I know you kind of have to, but, like, he had a lot more intensity on the sidelines, and he, you know, he kind of, you know, yeah. passion. The uh, like, feel like he when took he was it a personal. DC. Yes, yes. As a head coach, he just sits on the sidelines with his arm crossed and just like shaking his head, you know, at everything. And I, I don't know, to some degree, you gotta, yeah, you might have to be a little bit more level headed. But there's don't a way change to change who
1: you, you know, right. how you've. Coached. I mean, maybe that was just him on the sideline. Maybe it was the same at practice. I don't know. But yeah, he definitely. Right was not as animated on the sidelines as he was last year as the D C yeah, this year. I'm not saying that he didn't care about what was going on, but um but I just think I think that all just come, just it just boils down to he just wasn't ready to be a head coach in the SEC, man. That's hard. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do, especially in Mississippi State and Ole Miss because again, you you just you you've got a all this other outside outside stuff going on that's not related to on-the-field coaching a player that you're not used to. So I think that the next person that they do hire will have that experience. I don't know who that's going to be. Who it's going to be. Um. The I've been hearing Gus Miles on floating around, and I don't know if Gus Miles on would go to Texas A&M
0: mm. or
1: Mississippi Anything State. I mean, if he had to pick, I'm sure he's probably going to pick Texas a and M. I I would assume, but – Texas A and may not hire him the job, but that name has been floating around a lot. Yeah. So have to see how that how that plays out. But yeah, he is no longer there. Greg Knox is the interim. Um, I think we did touch a little bit about an offensive minded coach nowadays. He was not that. You got to have somebody to come in and do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> So maybe Greg Knox can rally the, the team, get the fans in the stands. And, um, you definitely need to win against Southern Miss, though.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I think they've got Mississippi State, I'm talking about, has, <clears throat> they're going to, I think, approach the, uh, The game, both these games with a lot more, they're going to take them more personal. There should be a lot of emotion involved. Uh, you know, like dad said, like, oh, they fired their coach just in time to get riled up for the egg bowl. And to some degree, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the point is to try to get themselves, you know, put themselves better in a position, um, to do that. But, um, you're like, I don't know. I, I think Ole Miss having lost this game in Oxford last year is going to be taking this game pretty personal as well. And, look, I grew up in – you know, we grew up in Mississippi with, like, Southern Miss being the, like, little brother to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So, they are going to take it personal. They always do. Um, They're not going to – You know, they're not going to be just pushovers about it, like the way they're going to approach it and everything, you know, whether or not they perform. Well, they better
1: not because this game, I mean, I don't care. I mean, you say what you want to about, I mean, Mississippi State fans, I'm sure, are probably like, well, they're just going to beat the crap out of us. We need to get a win here, you know. But, man, I I don't ever feel good about that game. I don't care how well Mm -hmm. we've been playing. I never feel good about that game. I hope that it's a blowout it should be. We're a better team this year, and not by a little bit. um, We're definitely a better team, but man, you just never know. Yeah,
0: well, Southern Miss is averaging right around 24 points a game, and uh, Mississippi State's averaging right around 21. Now, they're holding opponents to an average of 28 points a game, and Southern 35, I think, is what I'm seeing, but there's... They're also, I mean, if you look at what Southern Miss is doing, for example, offense—they've got <clears throat> rushing this year. They got two thousand yards rushing totally, and State's um, just right at sixteen hundred. Frank Gore so,
1: Jr., baby, dude, he's
0: he's legit. So I think I think it's going to be a contest for State uh, defensively. I think their reputation has been more defense, and it's like the Flash has been the offense of Mike Leach Air Raid, but like their defense has kept them in the game. I mean, obviously until now, um, but I think they've got something to prove or they've got to make a statement. they got to do something. Same for Southern. So,
1: anyway. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, Will Rogers is definitely playing. Yeah. He just give. I mean, he's going to give the team the best chance to win. He'll yeah. be there. Um, they gotta So, I expect him though. to come out firing um, and I expect him to get the win.
0: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so that should be interesting. hmm to the top. <laughs> um, all right. Closing thoughts on Sam Pittman. I going to throw me a cold beer after tonight's Auburn. Yeah,
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, Samuel.
0: dude, He's the perfect. Fit I was back on
1: the Sam train, man. After they went over there and beat Florida. I mean, that's a huge win. Yeah. Like, I don't care how – I mean, I know that Florida's not Florida, but for you to have a five- or six-game losing streak to go down to freaking Gainesville, Florida, and beat Florida, and then come back – well, they – They well, were they, at home. Yeah, they come back – They were in home Fayetteville and, and just get – that Yeah, bad. just get drug around by <clears throat> Auburn. It's not – that's not good. It's not pretty. So, I don't know if he's going to be there – uh, I don't know if he's gonna be there or not, man.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, any uh...
0: Well, uh closing thoughts just in general. Uh Friday night we did we show up in Ackerman Friday night. The weather was awful and I had thoughts of maybe going to the Choctaw County football game. Decided against They it. lost, huh? They lost. So they were mm, they were ahead pretty much you. in the whole game. They got it got real tight and then they pulled away again and the last score update we got was like 26 to 18 or something well I just decided to hop on somebody was Facebook live in it, and the game was tied at 32 with less than a minute left uh, Choctaw County had one time out left and they were going in they, like, they were like within the t- with within 10 yards and I was like well I'm gonna watch it you know kid throws a pick six hmm as time expired but almost as time expired they still got a kickoff and I think maybe ran a player too but yeah And I was just like, gosh, I hate that. Who did they play? Amanda Elzey from like, lower floor Greenwood area, one of those Delta schools. And um, yeah, so I don't know the whole story there, but tough season, but they're coming off of, they had a really good season comparatively to last year. Their coaches are great. All my friends from this area that are coaches say that he's a class act guy and he put a post out on Sunday morning or a Saturday morning, just. Apologizing to the community, he's like, "But I, hey, I, I love working at a place where everyone's upset about losing, and so I want the state championship to be a conversation every year. So, you know, yeah, hate it for him, but, uh, but yeah, let's go get you a breakfast at Cody Earl Saturday morning, and just take a deep breath. It's gonna be alright.
1: Start all over again. <laughs> um, uh,
0: let me see. Well, I
1: did. Uh, so you messed around and did not have to put out Christmas decorations Yeah, Mom and not. Daddy's house. Well, that was one thing that I did do this weekend, was get all of our junk. And you will be
0: doing for Mom and Dad next weekend. Yeah,
1: get all of our junk out of the attic, and uh, it looks like the North Pole downstairs. <laughs> well, you're well, coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I, so we've watched that 48 times. No, watched, we just started watching it this morning. Feel like it just plays in the background now. Mm-hmm. They don't even hardly even watch it anymore. So I don't know why we watch it, but
0: yeah, we did that this weekend as well. So I put
1: got all the Christmas tree stuff down. It's all downstairs. That's my job. I, I'm not fixing to start fluffing trees up or anything. Thankfully, but it will. Uh, it'll be.
0: It'll be like the North Pole. while well, the North Pole? Of course. Man, it's a good, good time. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, another Thanks day next week. Another day on the brotherly banter. Next I did week. get pulled over by the
1: cops when I was going to Bradley's. Oh my gosh! I was eight hundred feet do? from his house, and there's like a. I mean, it's literally like a one lane road, and there's two cops sitting on it, and he pulled me over, and they had me going thirty and a twenty two. Uh, I mean, excuse me. I was like thirty three and 22? a twenty <clears throat> uh thirty three and a twenty, and as I'm sitting there i'm I'm basically stopped at a four way stop, and Bradley comes um it was almost like he called them or something. I know he didn't, <laughs> but that's what it seemed like because yeah. sure enough, I wasn't sitting there no time all of a sudden, he pulls up at the stop sign, and I see him through his windshield just. <laughs> you know, laughing. He like he's about to drive off, and he rolls the window down. He's like, "Send him to jail." You know, like both the cops start laughing. I'm like, "What is going on here? <laughs> what is? This is fixed." I didn't get a ticket. I was like, "Man, I'm going right there." You know. He's like, "Well, it's twenty through here,"
0: and I'm like, "Oh, so you didn't get a ticket, though?" I didn't get a ticket. Oh, okay. Good. Um, I was like, "That's kind of crappy." Because I'm like, "Man, like, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, he's like, "Where are you going?" I'm like. 800 feet. Right there. Yeah. I, I'm going right here, you know. County law. <laughs> County law. <laughs> uh, so, I didn't get a ticket, but I, I did get pulled over by the law and the guy's house that I was going to just so happened to pull up and chuckle at me as I was being pulled over. Yeah. Typical.
0: Good times. Crystal Springs. hmm uh, They'll well, get you. Thank y'all for listening to another day of some brotherly banter. Next week is Thanksgiving, so uh, I'm sure we'll have lots of food talk next week. Mm -hmm. But it'll be game week. It'll be Egg Bowl week. Um, But I'm looking forward to another great weekend of football coming up. Should be exciting things to talk about and see how some of these no head coach teams pan out and perform on this saturday i'll be
1: i'll be curious so. to see how far we fall in the yeah. uh the,
0: the the rankings the ranks yeah yeah taking on ULM saturday so anyway right, well man. y'all have a great week and we'll see you next time here on the brotherly banter podcast bye cuz i can't love you.